Well, it's a busy sporting Tuesday, but then uh, we, we couldn't let go of... I think it's an article that I saw some time ago, but then it, it really, really touched me because we all love our Casta Semenya here in South Africa. And when the IAAF announced the new and somewhat problematic gender testing policy which sought to regulate female athletes uh, with high testosterone levels, now from the 1st of November, uh, women who are wishing to compete in the 400... 400 meters, 800 meters, and the 1,500 meters uh, with recorded testosterone levels greater than 5 nanomoles per liter of blood uh, will have to take hormonal contraceptives to reduce this to an acceptable level, whatever that is, in inverted commas. Now, if they refuse, the women can either compete as men or forfeit competing internationally as a woman. Interesting if not somewhat bizarre, if not somewhat ridiculous. So we're going to go all the way to the UK. Coming through live from London is an accountant by profession and writer in her spare time. Lillian Okoli joins us on the line. Lillian, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Welcome to MSW. Hi, thank you for having me. What prompted you to write what I thought was one of the best articles that I've seen in a very long time on any topic, let alone on our very own Casta Semenya. Thank you for the compliment. Um, I've been following athletics for some time, and I think as I grew older, I enjoyed gathering information and digesting it myself and coming to my own you know, conclusions and make, forming my own opinions. And the Casta Semenya case was one that's been around for nine years now. And I knew that they were going to implement a new um, a new policy. So um, I've been monitoring it, checking in, um, trying to see what angle they were going to go. Um, and I think them releasing the new policy in April, it just highlighted the clear racism within the sport. So I thought that I needed to do a duty and write on it and get the word out there and try to rally some sort of support for Casta Semenya. You don't mince your words in the article because, you know, from the get-go, you literally say that this new rule has been put in place to target Casta Semenya. Yes. Um, well, the reason I say that is because last year, in one of the articles released by IAAS, they actually said that women with high testosterone levels competing in the hammer and the pole vault will have you know, the clear advantage um, to their competitors. But in this new ruling that they just put out, there's no word of pole vaulting, there's no word of hammer throw. They've just done the three events that Casper Semenya specialises in. So I think it's very, very much targeted, and it has been so for the past nine years. And just in terms of that, and, and IAAF has come under a lot of stick, obviously, for this, but then there would be certain groupings, again, Lillian, who might be supportive of it for whatever ridiculous and strange reasons uh, that might be. But they released some form of a study um, stating that women with those elevated levels of testosterone have got the highest performance advantages in, as you say, hammer throw, pole vault, etc., but then when you step back and you look at the achievements, whether recent or back then, that Casta has had, do you think the world will just sit back and say, IAAF, you come in, 
you tear apart whatever it is that we believe are stereotypes, whatever it is that other people believe maybe a Serena Williams has and other athletes don't have, and whatever image that people might have of what a woman should look like versus the athletes that we see in front of us. Yes, I think um, the issue is is that Casper Semenya and the likes of Serena Williams are people who perform at a high level. They are elite athletes. And when we speak about competitive advantages or them having some sort of edge over their competitors, if we look down into the details, the times that Casper Semenya was dropping in 2009 was nowhere near the world record. It's just that the rest of the field weren't keeping up with her. There was a clear margin of victory. So if we're speaking on um, is it abnormal or is, it, is she you know, doing the absolute most, she isn't. She's not, she's not near the world record. She wasn't posing a threat on that end. She was just posing a threat to who she was competing against. And that's the same with Serena Williams. And I think that if we don't look into the details and if we don't explore it and if we don't find out for ourselves, it's so easy to just digest whatever the media puts out. So I think the IAAF need to be really careful on how they go about this because in 2015, they tried to implement the exact same thing, um, except that it was 10 animals per litre of blood. Mm. Um, and now they've lowered it. Obviously, I'm not a scientist. I, sure. I, you know, It's all just words to me. But it just all seems to be targeted um, towards her direction to make sure that there's no way that, you know, she can be as great as she is at the moment. So, yeah. I mean, you obviously challenge the issue again uh, with the endurance athletes who have high red blood cell mass which obviously, as, as, as described, increases their blood oxygen uh, carrying capacity. What was that comparison that you got and what was the outcome? So um, this is all knowledge that, you know, is already there on the internet for everyone to see. People that do um, long-distance running, they have to take in a lot of oxygen. And it's been found that they do have high red blood cell mass, which can be used to, you know, that helps keep them going over the long distance. That's fine. We're not trying to, you know, um, bring out a new policy that stops them from competing in the event. We just affected that. It's the same with basketball. So one of my favourite athletes, Kawhi Leonard, he has freakishly large large hands. But then what that means is that he's able to handle the ball really well. He's known to be one of our, you know, one of the uh, greatest um, defenders in the league at the moment in the in the NBA. So why aren't we telling him that no, that's an that's an unfair advantage? Not everybody has you know the same size hands as him, so you can no longer play the sport. So that's the angle that I was going on in terms of there are so many different ways that elite athletes Mm. um, have an advantage over their competitors that they can't actually control. It's not as if Casper Semenya has injected herself with testosterone. That's just the way she was born. And and she personally reached out to you, I believe. Uh, I don't know if she was thanking you for the article, but, uh, you know, she was saying that you wrote it and it was factual. And if not, it was quite funny. Yes, um, on the weekend she was competing in Berlin with my friend um, Annie Targo, um, who's a British sprinter. So um, Annie organised a phone call uh, 
between us because she wanted Katakumanya to obviously see the article if she hadn't already. But then um, Kasta told Annie that she'd actually read it back in April, which was really nice. Um, and she just wanted to thank me for writing it and for the support, which I thought was really nice. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing when such well-written articles reach the actual person that you are targeting or the actual person uh, who the gist of the story is simply about. So she, she was nice about it and, you know, she gave you the kind of feedback that you would have wanted. Yeah, I think it's really, really nice because you don't write it um, expecting to personally hear from them. Mm. I really just wrote it so that my following um, and my friends can really understand and maybe take an interest in the sport. But for Casper to read it, to co-sign it and to um, thank me for it is is more than I could have you know um, ever imagined. So I'm so grateful. And I was quite glad that you picked up on something that one noticed in, in, in the race where, you know, the BBC's uh, commentator, Phil Jones, uh, sort of remarked on the hug between, you know, Lindsay Sharp as well as Melissa Bishop and called it a hug of unity. And that falls under the, I think, what you've termed racism factor in it as well. So you find that even the commentators are actually now taking sides. Yes. Um, so I have found that when it comes to these controversial issues, these commentators and analysts and interviewers, they they make it very known what side they stand on, which I don't think is quite fair because it can easily turn into an attack. And um, we need to be really careful with that. So when in saying that it's a hug of unity, it means, well, we condone the fact that they're ostracising they're saying, oh, it's okay that they're making her feel as if she's done something wrong. So it kind of vilifies her because she's actually, all she's done is exist. Mm. And that's my issue. So now it's, um, we don't know the full facts, but she shouldn't be here. She doesn't belong here. Let's make her feel that way. When in fact, the rules state that she has every right to be there. So it's an attempt to what, skew history a little bit when you try and analyze it, Lillian? Sorry, pardon? No, I'm saying, what do you figure this is? Maybe an attempt to skew a little bit of history, to try and warp a little bit of the history of her achievements? Because, you know, she doesn't just sit at home, watch television, and then rock up and say, hey, I've got an advantage. I have seen her work her socks off. She has obviously been to our studios. She's been a guest here, and she's literally spoken to our listeners and said, you know what, how much work she's putting in, how much her trainer is focusing on a certain element of her race. She is studying everything. She's losing weight. She's getting into shape. This is a person that works around the clock outside of her Mm -hmm. having to study is put in the work because she's an Olympic athlete. And I think it's so easy to just forget that that this is her actual job. She does this all day. The same way we go into the office all day, she's going to the track or she's going to the gym. Mm. And it's so easy to say, oh, she's got high testosterone levels, which means she that's the reason why that she's the best. But you've got other cases like Juti Chan from India who has high testosterone levels. She was also banned from competing. She does 100 metres. But... She, uh, this was in 2014, and I don't even think she was in like the top 400 in the world. Mm. So how comes um, testosterone has been able to elevate um, Semenya in such a way, but for Judy Chan, it's just made her an average athlete. 
So we don't try, we don't, we don't care about these type of things. We just think no, that's the only contributing factor to it. And since she's got that, let's just cut her out of the sport, which I don't think is fair at all. Mm. She works so, so hard. And um, you can see the effect that it's having on her emotionally as well. Mm. So she was 18 at the time as well. I think that was one thing that really bothered me, that when all of this was transpiring in 2009, she was an 18-year-old child. So... And I think psychologically, you can ask any person that deals in that profession how much that would hurt, how much that would affect her, uh, not only for that moment, but for years and years to come. And I think in just reading and lifting off the article, in describing all of this, when you talk about her great performances uh, being a result not of her hard work, as people were trying to make us believe, and you were saying that her masculine build and margin of victory over the field that was there in Berlin back in 2009 made people question whether she was a real woman because her body goes against society's idea of femininity. Now, female athletes yeah. are supposed to have slender figures, cute faces and delicate voices. Anything outside of this yeah. um, is literally your own personal problem. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not just within the sport. I think that's just society in general. Um, if you don't look a certain way, then you're not marketable. If you don't, you know, look feminine or girly or really pretty or, you know, socially accepted as, you know, gorgeous, then we can't market you in this product. And I think that's a thing that a lot of these athletes are struggling with. So I had um, the pleasure of speaking to Brittany Reese because I did actually name drop her in the article as well. Sure. Because she's also struggled to get um, sponsorships. But she's one of the greatest long jumpers we've ever had. Her entire CV is just gold medals everywhere. Mm. But she doesn't have, you know, as much sponsorships as her white counterparts, her white colleagues who are not even close to being as good as she is over, the, over that um, event. So it makes you think, what is the issue? Is it because of the way she looks? And I think just from the treatment of how they've treated other athletes who look like, well, similar to um, Casta Semenya in terms of build and not having slender figures, like um, Francine Nionsaba, mm. they've automatically said she must be a man as well. And now that's just what everybody has taken as a fact. There's no evidence. The same as Margaret Wambui. She must be a man. Why is she winning? She, you know, she shouldn't be there. I, I just don't think it's fair. I think it's so easy to be sucked into that narrative. But we need to be very, very careful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing analogy that you do draw upon because I start to think, and, and the last time she was here on the show, she also, you know, lamented the fact about sponsorship and the fact that it is not easy. You know, she's breaking records. She's getting the gold medals. She's traveling the world. And you come back home. And you see lesser performing athletes getting lucrative sponsorships, getting everything from cars yeah. to watches to whatever yeah. else comes with sponsorships. And yeah. yet she does not even have anything as prominent. Yes, Nike has been on her side. I've seen the latest campaign, uh, which is great. I mean, mm -hmm. it's got custard and it changes to an F for faster, etc. Uh, you know, obviously, they're a renowned worldwide brand. And I think it's great for them to come through. But it's taken time here, Lillian. And it's supposed to be an instant thing. She literally came and destroyed the field, similar to what Usain Bolt did. 
bar the world records. So she should have instantly been on the face of everything. She should be everywhere. And I, I didn't learn this until, you know, later down the line that she was struggling with corporate um, sponsorship. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. She is such an incredible athlete. Everybody should be at her doorstep, but they're not. So you need to now think, okay, why? What's the issue? Why do people who are not even, you know, close to being elite or, or getting medals, they're not even meddling, but they're the face of um, Psycho, um, Psycho watches and cars and all kinds of things. So it's, it's really, really, um, it's upsetting because you always want more for these great athletes. So when you see that it's not, they're not getting their just dues, it does make you feel a certain type of way. Gender testing is not a new thing, Lillian. Uh, you know, I think you cover it quite well as well when you talk about it having become mandatory since the 1960s. But how has it evolved? How has mm. it changed? And mm. obviously we're sitting in a situation here now where we can point racism, we can talk about the ethical side, we can talk about yeah. it with the unfair advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, I think I think the whole notion of testing um, someone's gender is just, insane because and they've never gotten it right that's another thing so um back in the 60s women had to actually partake in nude parades so they'd actually have to walk naked to a line of you know to a you know an audience of doctors so that they could inspect that externally they were actually women and i'm trying to place myself into that kind of situation and how degrading and humiliating that is walking naked in front of people just to show that you are in fact a woman how does that affect you psychologically emotionally nobody cares i understand that some people might want to cheat the system i get that but surely they must there must be a better way and so to now say that that better way oh let's drug them then let's let's control the testosterone that Castasemenia naturally produces so that she can compete. Let's control that. And not just during the season, let's control it while she's, you know, continuing about her normal life when she's not competing. It doesn't even make sense at all. And that paracetamol ex- experiment that you carried out, I mean, that was mind-blowing. Do you know... We overlook these tiny things every single day. It could have been paracetamol or even, you know, your cough syrup. Anything you buy from the chemist literally has the longest list of side effects. Or you need to only take this amount otherwise, or you might start feeling delirious or drowsy or all kinds of things could happen to you from just taking a simple painkiller. So what do you think? is going to happen for Castus Semenya when you start forcing her to take contraceptives, hormonal contraceptives, for the rest of her career. How is that going to affect her? It's, it's, I just don't understand how this policy got passed and approved. Who wins if it goes through in this case? And, and does greater society, and I'm sure you, you would have had a bit of a dipstick test on on how people feel about it and and i think it's not it's not a good feeling and especially in south africa there's not a a great feeling about it but 
what do you think greater society will feel? Will they feel vindicated that, yes, they've achieved, now they're going to, uh, you know, cut out or cut off people as successful, as gifted, yeah. as talented as the Casta Semenya? I think, especially with athletes, I think athletes have treated her terribly. So, um, in the 2012 Olympics that, were, that took place here in London, the lady that actually beat Casta Semenya, a Russian lady, um, Maria, she, you know, um, insinuated that Casper Semenya was a man. Um, her and her, you know, other athletes, you know, don't pay attention to her uh, in terms of where she places in, in races. But Maria was found to be a doper. So she's now banned from the sport. So you have people who are cheating, judging someone who isn't cheating. And making them feel as if you shouldn't be here. Well, you shouldn't be here either. You're actually cheating. So just on that front, athletes are going to be happy. But they don't want her there. They don't make her feel welcome. They make her feel as if she has personally done something wrong to them. She's stopping them from winning. But she's genuinely working hard to be where she is. And I do feel that I think the contraceptives will probably slow her down. I'm not trying to say that testosterone isn't a contributing factor towards her success. It probably is. I don't know. But if they're going to control that by the use of drugs, one of the side effects could be her performance. It could be her stamina. It could be, you know, um, it, it could slow her down. So athletes will benefit in terms of the world. A lot of people are for this. They don't want her there because the media have, has, has made them think that she shouldn't, she shouldn't be there. She, should, she doesn't belong. She shouldn't be competing. So therefore, if they get her out, fantastic. Now we're going to have the real athletes through. So I think we, we have a lot of people on the other side that are rooting for this, who will be happy, which is really, really sad. But I'm just hoping that Casper Semenya actually fights this one and fights it the same way that Duty Chan fought it. And I hope that people start to open their eyes and see that this woman is a human being. We need to we need to humanise her because they just see her on the TV so it's just easy to speak and, and, and to bash. They don't know that these are people with real feelings, real emotions, you know? So, um, yeah... Yeah, I mean, it's a sad tale because even when I look at the, the photograph uh, that headlines your article, uh, you know, the, yeah, sure, oh, hug of unity, yeah. but you can tell the genuineness mm-hmm. from Caster who really wants to be, you know, an athlete with good meaning and wants to go across yeah. like she normally does. Yeah, even that race was so, well, the after race, the post race scenario was so upsetting to watch because. Casper Semenya is a true professional. So after every race, she is congratulating the people that race alongside her, which is a normal thing to do. You mm-hmm. give your, you give them a hug, you say, well done, and you go, they did not congratulate this girl. But she still went as the true professional to say, well done, and they were just screwing her, side-eyeing her. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then on the coverage that we had on over BBC... You had Lindsay Sharp literally crying on camera. That's in, that's emotional. Just to to tap into the emotional side of the viewers. Look at what Casper Semenya has done to this to this to this lady by just being here. She was crying, saying that the race was difficult. It's not a fair race. 
you can even see there's two different races going on. It's, it's so sad. It's so, so sad. But she continues, Casper continues to be professional and to con- she continues to carry herself in the right way. Mm. I think also in part, you know, I've sat through a couple of her motivational uh, talks that she gives and she gives them, you know, it's a different caster. You know, I even praised her the last time and I said, you know what, I really like mm. the person that you have become because you have mm. owned everything that has been thrown at you. So there's no yeah. longer a defense. There's no longer a certain magazine that wants to dress you up as a woman, put makeup on you, put lipstick on you and try and portray what they think you ought to be. You've accepted it. So you wear your yeah. your baseball caps the way that you want. You'll wear your jeans the yeah. way you want. And you are Casta Semenya, regardless yeah. of how people take you. And that I appreciated was I'm reading here on social media. Rhythm Pop Station says, as long as Casta keeps on winning at such huge strides, the English and Australian commentators will always have uh, a say regarding her gender. Redefining success says the problem uh, with these laws is, number one, they are Eurocentric. Number two, they are hypocritical. And number three, obviously racist. So that in itself is worrying. And a lot of you are commenting on this on social media. Hit us up on hashtag MSW. you know, saying that the biggest uh, sports show in the continent now in the UK, uh, discussing the issue around uh, Kastia Bogani says that uh, athletes are barred from doping, but Kastia has to dope to compete. Wow. Uh, says you are the biggest jokes ever. I suppose that's part of the irony, isn't it? Hey, wanting to control people, but you're saying they're not supposed to be taking something to become better athletes. But now you want to pump them with all forms of drugs so that you are in control of everything. But the way that the man above brought you into this world is wrong. That is an irony because she passes a doping test. When you talk to a Serena Williams, she'll tell you that she is the most tested athlete in the world. Because somewhere, somehow, somebody wants to find something out, which up until now they haven't. But she still reigns supreme. She's still number one in my eyes, yeah, the rankings will fluctuate. It's like the stock exchange. But she's kept the momentum going for many, many years. She gets into finals, you know. She's given birth. She's come back at a record time. A problematic birth at, at, that, at that rate. So, yeah, Lilina, I think we lost you for a couple of uh, uh, seconds there. But I was just giving yeah. social media reaction. And uh, people are really incensed about it all. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I think... Casa Semenya really represents South Africa so so well. Um, she carries herself in the in the best way, respectful. She even still, you know, interviews at BBC where athletes have said they're not going to anymore because you keep bashing us. But she still takes the interviews because people want to hear what she has to say and she cares about that. So um, I can imagine that the people of South Africa have a strong connection to Casa Semenya and want to see her treated well the way you end it is the way i will wrap it up the end of the article says so yeah i think it's important that we all stand by casa semenya on this one we can't keep letting them attack her when she has done nothing wrong and now the iwaf suddenly care about confidentiality other athletes facing the same fate as semenya will be afforded a level of privacy that she was robbed of back in 2009 so she is going to continue being vilified in the media as the face of hyperandrogism.
So I, I, I read that and I say, it's a powerful way, Lillian, to end it. And it's, a, it's literally that, that cry out to the world to say, stand together, be against yeah. this, and allow yeah. nature the way it is and the way that is formed to go ahead and dominate. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for um, for that. But I think um, us taking a stand and supporting her, we don't know how powerful that is. And I think for someone who goes out there every night, competes, does well, competed well this weekend, she does need love and support. And um, I know that South Africa have been doing that over the years. We around the world just need to rally on behind her, especially on the Western side of things where a lot of this is being implemented and supported. We really do need to see her as a human being and fight for her. She's done nothing wrong except for existence. And I just, yeah, it's, it's such a crazy story. And I just hope we do right by her going forward. A lot of people asking, where can they read can they your read? article? Lillian, please give us direction. I know your Twitter handle because, uh, uh, you know, I read it a couple of times. So if anybody still wants to uh, get a copy of it or read it online. Yeah. So my Twitter handle is Lil's Track Life. That's L-I-L-L-Z, Track Life, all one word. Um, my website where you can find the article is track hyphen All right, so follow her at Lil's L I L Z or Z Track Life, all one word. Um, yeah, so you'll find it there. It's at yeah, yeah, yeah at, Lil's at Lil's Track, Track Life, Life. and yeah. yeah, and the link to the article is actually in my bio as well. Perfect, perfect. Lilina will certainly keep in touch, and I, and I hope that when uh, she is back in the country, we'll link up with you, have a, a broader conversation, and I'm sure it'll be closer yeah. to November by then. And I think it's a conversation that the entire continent, as they listen, I mean, I've got someone tweeting from Germany uh, who's listening to the show there, that's Coach Dukes. Uh, thank you so wow. much for, the, for, for uh, tuning in and listening to us there. But thank you, thank you, and great article once again. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That's Lillian Okoli, who's all the way live in London, uh, accountant by profession, writer in her spare time. But, yeah, do give yourself a bit of time. Read that. Uh, kind of makes a lot of sense. Coach Dukes was saying that tuned into the Marawa Sports Show from Germany, and it turns out that he's interviewing a British journalist who's generally adoring Custer Semenya. What a time to be alive. Siabong Maglupoto. Thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, for The Chairman's Chair.